All right, welcome back to the Locked On Nets podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day, even late on a Friday when there's an emergency podcast that needs to be had. Had to get on the bat phone here. Had to kind of get in there right away with one Mr. Adam Armbrecht, who's the voice of the Brooklyn Nets on Sportscaster. Buddy, give me the lowdown for the showdown on the news we just got about Kevin Durant. Yes, sir. This is what you want to hear. And if you felt like it was a quiet offseason or however you were absorbing what went on, the way that you really satisfy the Brooklyn Nets fan base is having it break that Kevin Durant is set to sign a four-year, $198 million extension with the Brooklyn Nets that'll keep him in a Nets uniform into the 2026 NBA season. How does that land for you, Doug? Could I interest you in more Kevin Durant in Brooklyn? Oh, it's a superstar league, and he's at the top of the the food pyramid here. I don't know how you can't be happy with this. There's no, there's no world where this isn't a good deal for the Nets. I, he he's a top, I mean, let's say at worst, top three player in the whole NBA. That's probably a little bit low when he's at his when he's at the top of his game, right? Um, and if you can lock up that player, see what people sometimes get confused about with money is that <laughs> Kevin Durant's like actually worth way more than this. Like this four, it's just this is just like basically near the top of what he's eligible to sign for. If base, excuse me, if basketball worked like the MLB worked, guys like Durant and guys like LeBron and Giannis would go for way more, way more because it's so important to have these guys. It's just the way the union worked it out with some of these contracts. That's the only reason we don't see even these like these massive, massive, massive deals, and these are still massive. So this is something you do every single day. You don't even think about it. You kind of just actually sit there and hope. That Kevin Durant's going to sign. That's like that's the whole negotiation, really, <laughs> right? Like it's like well, by, I just well, I hope he does. Way, it. I hope he does it. Yes. Well, and by the way, when we you know we talked about the off season and the other options on the table, right? When we talked about luxury tax and willing to spend the extra money, this is the guy you do it for. You don't necessarily do it to retain a Spencer Dinwiddie or to bring in a player that you think can be a nice complimentary piece. You do this for. Everything that Kevin Durant brings for you on the court and everything it means for the Brooklyn Nets brand, for the marketing, for the money that's going to come in through the gates when fans want to get into the arena to see him play. Like, this is the box that you're checking on every single front as far as, hey, is it worth it to invest in this area of our business? As your, to your point, it's a 100% every single time. I love it. The, the extra, I, I think that the cherry on top of all this though is, the assumption was when the Nets signed Kyrie and then signed KD and traded for Harden, at the very least, just off the two, the first two players, that yes, the Nets wanted to. That was the goal. But until you, until you hear this, there's no guarantee. Like you don't know. And, and and Kevin Durant or Kyrie or Harden, they'd all be within their rights to go where they want after their contracts ended. This is now the commitment. You now know that he is going to be here. And by the way. It probably, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, probably means that the extensions for Kyrie and Harden shouldn't be too far away because, you know, to your point, out of the three, Kevin Durant's the most important piece. So you're going to want to stay with the guy that is buttering your bread and giving you the best chance to win championships. You would think so. You would think this is the first domino in the three that fall. Um, you can't speak for anybody else. It sure feels like Kyrie is locked into wanting to be with Brooklyn. Um, I, I believe that Brooklyn's locked into wanting to be with Kyrie, so I don't think there's going to be a problem there. I think Harden feels very much like the same way after coming in here last year and seeing that he doesn't maybe need to carry the whole load, and it's great to play with other generational talents on your team, and he doesn't need to play that he the way he played in Houston because he obviously pivoted really fast and was got back to that you know pure distribution sort of mode that we saw from him. I think that we're going to see 
the rest of these guys fall. Like there's a, this is one of those deals. It's super exciting to get on to do an emergency de- emergency podcast for this, but it's not because there's any real analysis around it. It's just because you're just pumped. Again, I can't stress this enough. There's no the, the, the list of these guys. Right. The list of these guys in the NBA is so short. The, what's the group? It's like LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis, KD. I guess you throw Curry in there. Kind of not really. Like the 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 group gets. It just drops off so quickly after this. And then you start getting into the group like, oh, should they be in the top group? Should they not be in the top group? You know, guys like Jokic and whatever, Embiid. But there's the group at the top, this core group of just absolute generational, once-in-a-lifetime superstars. And Kevin Durant is most definitely part of that group. This is a group you just, you again, i just saying, you just hope he wants to play for your team. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> like, it didn't work with OK. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, it's funny too because, well, I, I almost as you're about to say, right? It didn't work with OKC. He ends up going to Golden State, wins there, which is great, but he doesn't stay there, right? So every time, when you think about just Kevin Durant, every time that he's changed locations or to a new spot, this is then the third team that he's been on. You, that, This is what we talked about way back when they first signed him. I think you had said at some point in conversation where you go, you know, we assume that they'll be here beyond these contracts. And for whatever reason, I'm, I'm probably you know, the more optimistic fan of the Brooklyn Nets. I love to to trend in those waters. I said, oh, I mean, yeah, I want it to be. And maybe I was just safeguarding my own emotions of it, of it not coming true. But I didn't want to put myself fully committed to the idea that Kevin Durant was definitely going to come back on a second contract. Because, hey, you have your run, you come off your injury, maybe the Nets get a championship. And I think if you're Brooklyn, You'd still sign up for every aspect of what happened and all these guys move on after their first contract or the contracts they're currently on. Okay, great. And then we figure it all out from there. It's always going to be worth it. This is now, oh, <laughs> explicit. I'll, you know, keep the, I'll keep the tag clean here. But it's like, oh, S, this means we can do more than maybe what we thought in this small window. And it just changes my... I, I don't know. It, it, it something's thumping around inside my chest. I think it's my heart. It just it, it's exciting, and and it's weird to as we've documented the idea of where the Nets have been. They never had this type of superstar talent on their roster. Now they've had it. This past season was a taste, but there was the injuries, and this just feels like almost I can, I can exhale, and say, oh, I get a lot more of this. Not just another, you know, not just this another season, another two seasons. No, 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 no. I can get until 2026 of Kevin Durant and then presumably the other stars as well. Yeah, I I kind of was in the mode here where there wasn't much doubt in my mind that these guys, yeah. at least Durant was going to sign this extension. Not like you can totally read the tea leaves on every single thing <laughs> that happens. It wasn't a total shock when he left OKC. It wasn't a surprise at all when he left the Warriors. There's stories that were drifted around for months about that um, leading into him ultimately leaving. I know he got injured and maybe that helped you know, kind of move him past it. It was already sort of known that he wasn't going to to be back. And he's public facing enough that you would, you know, just on his own brand, you know, just, you know, getting into social media and all the other stuff that you can kind of get a sense of what he's about in terms of overall mood and how he's feeling about a situation. I think just from those things, and I'd caution people sometimes to look into social media and feel like you can know the essence of somebody. That's That's definitely not the case. But the part where, it just had the right vibe to it, right? This, all, this has had the right vibe for a while, and even with the loss to the Bucks, which was de- sort of devastating, 
still the the kind of the idea was, hey, we ran we had a little bad run with injuries, we'll be back. Yes. Right? And it wasn't like, oh, we'll be back to give it one more try. It was this feeling of, oh, I think we're all going to be back here. When we podcasted about this at the start of the offseason and said, you know, when we were answering questions about the three players, our first questions around these three guys were, were they going to sign the extensions? And our belief even then was this is probably going to happen. There just wasn't any buzz for anywhere else. It, felt, it would have felt weird to be like, oh, he's going to – the Clippers, or you know, like it really just didn't, wouldn't have felt right because there was nothing. I'm just making that up, by the way, but there was nothing that would have suggested that was going to be the case. So, this isn't a surprise. And like you said, it's nice to have the ink dried on the contract and just know that it's now just for sure. And I'll say one more thing about Durant a good thing about him, and really all the superstars are kind of like this. So, I, I, it's probably not a huge problem, but in terms of how a player ages. Kevin Durant's game has the ability to sort of age gracefully. Not all players have this. Not not all players are are gifted with this type of skill set. The part where you're seven feet tall, it can just rain threes. Like that will always be valuable, <laughs> even when you even when your athleticism declines mm. some, and you know it just does for the the you know the piper comes calling on this for everybody at some point. But the part where you still have that in your bag means that it's a, short of a devastating injury. It's it's hard to ever even think these contracts would like fall off a cliff or just be untradeable. And I'm not even saying that about KD. I'm just saying that this is tends to be what happens with superstars. It's like you sometimes want to quit it before they die. But the even with even with Durant, like it's just so unlikely that it would ever be the case too. So just another piece of you love it now and yet you'll love it in the future in a way that you really can't even say that even about the the highest of superstars is you wonder how they're going to age. You're just not concerned really at all with that with KD. No, and it's nice. It's, 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 it's a good point to be making in the, in the long-term perspective of as this roster changes a little bit around, we assume all three, but it, even just around KD, things can look different around him and he's always go, his game is always going to travel. So you're always going to be able to have him fit in. He's always going to be able to adjust and lean into a specific area of his game, uh, of his game especially as he gets older. The other little quick thing I'll say is that I, I do wonder, and it doesn't matter because the, the deal the deal's getting done, but it is nice to be the Brooklyn Nets after Kevin Durant has been in OKC, after he's been in Golden State, where coming in the door, and maybe to your point about this felt like yeah, maybe a foregone conclusion-ish when, when he came to the Nets initially, because you, you get to learn. Right, you get to look at these other situations. What went right? What went wrong? What is this guy about? How how is things how have things changed for him? And when even when you just get into the the negotiation process and having the conversations, what's going to make it work for you, KD? So we have a very clear mindset as an organization what it is to bring in this talent, what it's going to mean for us, and how we make him feel comfortable, make him feel valued, what you know, in whatever terms that means for him, and makes it makes him feel like yeah. I can keep hanging out here. This is cool for me. And in a lot of regards, I think Kevin Durant has that kind of personality of like, if I could just go play basketball and not have to deal with all the superfluous, yeah, that would be nice for me. And it looks like Brooklyn did everything the exact right way through the injury recovery process, through the first season back, and now into this offseason of saying... You're good to go, right? We're not going to push back if you want to go play for Team USA. We we love that we hear you, by the way, talking about getting in with the young rookies and wanting to engage with the new players that are coming to Brooklyn Nets roster. Like everything just seems not to be, you know, too much gush about it, but everything seems very harmonious right now in Brooklyn Nets land. And this this is what happens when you're running on all cylinders. You just get to have a superstar say, "Yeah, me too. I want to stay here. Let's let's get it done." 
It's just what happens when you when you um, get to thankfully for us get to cover an organ an A class organization. You know, like this. It's just the the Nets are just yeah. from top to bottom one of the best run teams in the league, and those teams look attractive to superstars. They did before any superstars came, and that's why they were able to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie sort of on the notion that they were going to build something around them. And they've done nothing but follow through with that. And I think it's obvious Kevin Durant sees that. And I think we all see it as well. So in the end, really great news here on a Friday. Love to go into the weekend with uh, knowing that Kevin Durant is going to be a Brooklyn net for the uh, <laughs> for the foreseeable future. And uh, I'll speak for myself. And I think I'm speaking for you too, buddy. In terms of the podcast, uh, you hope when you, when you do an NBA podcast, the number one thing is you want your team to be good. And having Kevin Durant on your team means your team is going to be good for a while. And uh, and that feels pretty good. You can like and subscribe to the podcast. Rate and review wherever you listen. Helps us keep the podcast going. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Go enjoy Kevin Durant leading to Team USA tonight, Friday night at 1030 for gold medal against France. And by the way, the brave may not live forever, but the cautious do not live at all. Sean Marks is not a cautious man. That's Prince of Geneva from the Princess Diaries. Oh, one of the all-time great poets. We'll be back again Monday talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.